0: Welcome to San Diego Magazine's Happy Half Hour. It's uh, hap- actually happy hour right here right now. We're, uh, it's 5.16 in the office on a Friday, right before the weekend of the Super Bowl, if you happen to care about that. Any of you guys cooking anything special or get any like special takeout for the quote-unquote big game?
1: I will be ignoring it as much as humanly possible. But we do cook a lot, so I'll probably just be cooking something good at home anyway. But I'm not uh, going to lie. I am not really a Super Bowl person.
2: Yeah, I, uh, I, I go for the, the pole. The pole is, you know, that thing where you buy the squares? That's all oh, I yeah. love. I'm a gambler, gambler at heart. I I don't like playing responsibly I, with my life. That's the fantasy I, I once football. I won, won the office baseball.
1: poll, and it was when I worked in. It, it was brackets. You mm-hmm. had to have some like skill, but I had none. So obviously, I asked my male friends to fill it in for me, and I actually won the office. And this is when I worked in finance. It was all dudes who really cared oh, about I'm it, pissed. and I beat them, and I won so much money because we worked in finance. So,
2: <laughs> so for me, I went to a buddy of mine's house. So it was when the Giants won the Super Bowl. The Giants won the Super Bowl. Oh for yeah! For the first and every quarter, you get you get a payout, and there was like I, I must have been like. I don't know. It was like a, it was close to was a thousand dollars. He's had a ton of people there, so the first I win the first quarter, then um, everybody's like, ah, Troy. I win the second quarter. Oh, geez. Halftime, and they're like, Troy again. I win the third quarter. <laughs> And no then, one likes you anymore. <laughs> and then it gets into the fourth quarter of this thing, and I'm looking at it, and I'm like, Jesus, don't make me win again. Like, I, I really don't want to win at this point. I want somebody else to win. And the score is like, I, I had like a seven and a three or something like that, whatever. And the score is like four and three. And I'm like, There's no way. Like, it was like the last play of the game. I'm like, Okay, so somebody else is going to win. Last play of the game, or second to last play of the game. He throws an interception, runs it back, and they're like, Who is that? Who got who got the <laughs> touchdown? Who's got the score? And they're like. It's true. <laughs> I got put on the ground. I won thousand dollars from all my friends for nobody else won. I got thrown on the ground. They poured beer on top of me. It was like all of a sudden these very responsible people that had real jobs like started to turn into one like a fraternity house. There was women. Everybody's just pouring beer on me. I'm like, wow, you guys are really aggressive. So I have a really traumatic um, relationship with this Well I guess that's all I'm saying.
0: Did you buy the pizzas for after? Um, I, uh, I I
2: di- didn't because they bought everything and I brought over stuff. It was kind of a potluck. So you took Jeez. their money and bounced. I just took the money and bounced. It. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. But it was at the house of the first person I worked at in San Diego, Kevin Kevin Hellman, and I helped uh-huh. turn his publication into something that was sellable, yep. and he made a couple
0: hundred thousand dollars on the sale of it. So I feel like he owed me. You sure me. did. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's
3: cool. <laughs> and that's speaking
0: cool. about things that are sellable. We want to thank our sponsor this week, our amazing sponsor, because without you, we can't do cool shows like this. San Diego Community Power is your community-driven, clean energy provider. Believe it or not, they're a non-for-profit public agency. San Diego Community Power reinvests its revenues back into your community, and it serves and offers free customer programs that are directly informed by community input. San Diego Community Power is putting local communities first as they work to create a cleaner and greener future for San Diego. Learn how San Diego Community Power can benefit you at sdcommunitypower.org. All right, so one of
2: the things that these guys do if they have leftover power at the end, they actually poll the community and the community votes on where they
0: can actually put the power back, right? Exactly. It's like super cool. Yeah,
2: I mean that that is awesome. If you can actually have a little bit of a uh, power in the decision making of where where those bolts of electricity are and what what it's lighting up. I like that.
0: Yeah, Uh, and it's awesome. Like uh, one of our favorite restaurants in town, Bivouac. They are uh, they're a member of uh, SD Community Power.
2: All right, Community Power. Thank you very much
0: for putting on San Diego Magazine. Happy half hour. Let's tell everyone about who we have on this week as a guest. Oh, my gosh. Is this the biggest show we've ever done? <laughs> this is possibly the biggest show ever.
2: All right. So I here, you guys. This is this is a big one. And this is I, I've got deep roots with this person um, when I used to write about uh, music, who then became a farmer. I can sit here and talk all day about what he's done. He's won a couple Grammys, Songwriter Hall of Fame, a billion streams on Spotify. He was on Sesame Street, performed the role of Dr. Poe Matter in the Broadway hit musical Waitress. He went to Antarctica. With Al-, Al Gore to raise awareness for climate change. Amazing. Uh, he. Uh but the most important thing right now is that he has a new album out called Mystical Magical Rhythmical, Rhythmical Radical Ride and this weekend he's doing a really really cool show that involves community theater that is our catering towards you know kids and adults who have underserved communities um, and communities that, that uh, don't usually get the resources and support they need in the theatrical arts um, whether it's homeless kids, a school of homeless kids, um, a school for a theater school, I think, for um, kids with autism, you know, a few other great organizations from around. He's doing a concert with kids from those schools. It is Jason Moraz is here in the house. We are going to talk food because he is a farmer. He grows more avocados and sells into Chipotle. He grows coffee, one of the only coffee farmers in California. He has been a food security activist,
0: so we're going to talk food. So stick around. And we're also going to talk about Dancing with the Stars and things like that. Definitely. In the meantime, let's jump into some news and notes around San Diego. And I would like to dedicate this segment to someone special, someone dear to our hearts, our former editor, Marie Tutko. Because for a good year and a half I swear that like 82% of all stories We talked about Were fried chicken (laughs) Marie Tucko had it out For fried chicken Oh yeah Because she was um,
1: She was in charge During the era Of all the fast food Fried chickens And when that all came down Oh yeah Yeah, that's real. So,
2: Jackie Tucko, take it away.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right, we got chicken. South Korean fried chicken is once again coming here. This time, it's BHC chicken, which is uh, one of the most popular South Korean chains. Uh, It it launched in 1997. It's it's a poultry powerhouse over there. It's got over 1,500 locations across South Korea, Hong Kong, Malaysia, Singapore. The first location in the U.S. is in L.A., the only one. But the second one is coming here. Coming to
2: a sorrento valley office park i mean this is basically <laughs> I, this is basically which is interesting because gravity heights is over there sorrento valley is its own city unto itself gravity heights was very smart the same people that did whisk and ladle same people that did prep kitchen um arturo castle and chef ryan johnston that is one of the best um, brew pubs in the city they actually do food and they do it well and they do, they partner i think with the old AleSmith brewer I believe yes, I so, believe yes. So. Yeah, like a, kind of an icon in San Diego. Mm-hmm. So anyways, now they have this and they have this Korean fried chicken. I mean, guys, this is like the in and out of uh, Korean fried chicken. And what makes Korean fried chicken the best, and I'm not actually sure if this is what they specialize in, um, but they it's twice fried they do that they do twice fried. they're so, also known
1: for their sauces mm-hmm. they have like a very specific like gold sauce that they're super known for very spicy okay. so yeah they do the twice fried they do mm-hmm. the spicy they also have um, like Korean dishes like tetabaki and rabaki similar to banchan has they have some yeah. of those you know other Korean dishes I'm stoked I don't ever need that. yep I'm stoked because all I eat is fried chicken sandwiches so there you go I'm, so
2: Jackie's uh, life has just been made
0: do they have soup for David Ooh.
1: Probably. Honestly, Bonchan does.
0: Okay. If all they, right. If they don't have soup, I'm totally okay with fried chicken because fried chicken is like basically like, it's like you got soup here. This is like the top of the mountain. Mm. Fried chicken is like just like a little bit below Really? Yeah. I eat a lot of fried chicken. I do yeah. too. I actually didn't I realize do.
1: you were so passionate. I'm, I eat it in all forms, like milanese, katsu. <laughs> I love how you yeah, said that
0: to him. <laughs> yeah. She was like... I
2: didn't realize. And it was like there was the a, a deep respect. Yeah.
1: There was a deep like, respect that came out. Of,
2: I didn't realize you were so passionate.
0: Okay. We know so much about What's our dining <laughs> scenes together. We're like, like What's a your bond. favorite
1: fried chicken format?
3: <laughs> chicken right,
0: so thighs with a little bit of chili. <laughs> yeah, chicken thighs. Oh, oh, oh it's God. all about God. All the right. Thighs. So BHC is the name of this place. It's coming to San Diego. Big deal. And, and then the second one is, is more chicken. chicken. More chicken. Dave's hot chicken. I can relate to this.
1: It's uh, continuing its fast casual takeover of, of Southern California and Mission Valley. So this is their sixth location. Um, it's a the, the chain was actually born in SoCal, but uh, in, in a parking lot pop-up in Hollywood. And then it exploded across the country, and now they're expanding more um, in Southern California. And so, yeah, sixth location coming to Mission Valley.
2: And they're going like, to do hundreds of locations across the country. The... Uh, Mission Valley, like I said, and it's so funny because we did that trend story. Jackie did a great job on it, um, but we talked about why Mission Valley was going to be a hotspot. And everybody, there was if anybody made fun of us of any of those trends, that was the one. They're like
1: Mission Valley, it's. I even went on yeah. KPBS to talk about that article, and they were like, "Really, Mission Valley?" And I was like,
2: "Yes, <laughs> you really. wait." And here's here's why, because that is a it is that one of the central places that is so dying for food. You know, Mission Valley Mall is going to go the way of Westfield UTC and they're going to be putting, they already put in Havana Grill, which is a local spot, mom and po- Mom and son started over in Claremont Mesa. They're going to start putting a ton more restaurants and calling in some of the big national brands. So you're going to have that as like a real food hub. And then a lot of the, um, the car dealerships, they're going the way of Tesla. They've realized they don't need all of that land anymore you don't need a whole lot full of cars so they're selling off all that land to developers who are going to start putting in a bunch of ne- new restaurants and experiences yeah. and things like that i swear to god in the next 10 years like mission valley is going to be a hot spot for going i
1: mean a ton of people live there so they need places <laughs> to go and services too the the car thing is interesting because i've never thought about that business model and how it's falling or you know the showrooms are falling apart but it totally makes sense why do you need to go see the specific car? Well, look at Carvana. Uh, except for before when you pick it up, right? Yeah,
0: look at Carvana, which is in Mission Valley. Yeah. It is a vertical car dealership. It so it's sense. like so much more space for other things. Yeah. Okay, so I have a question for the two of you. For the listeners out there that follow us on social media, we just had a very good debate in regards to, is Coronado South Bay? <laughs> All right, where is the line that separates Fashion Valley from Mission Valley to you?
1: Oh. oh, interesting!
0: I'm I'm just popping this out of nowhere. I'm popping this out of nowhere. The, the reason I bring that up, it's is Hooters. That, it's Hooters. Okay, I
1: think it's Hooters. All right. I actually. Right.
0: It ah. could be. It's like it's maybe that road right beside Hooters. I'm not sure because like it's like when I always get them kind of mixed up because I'm like like oh great Fashion Valley uh, restaurants. I'm like Arlo. Like like Arlo's yeah. a phenomenal restaurant, but I'm like oh no, that's that's Fashion Valley. That's not Mission Valley. Right. I think it's maybe the road that's like that goes to that exit. That's right Hooters. by yeah, right by the Target. So yeah, I guess we can call Hooters the the, right the dividing point of Mission. That's where the Target. That's
2: where the Target is. That's where Puesto is. Yep. Where Gordon Beer used to be. That yep. Puesto took Trader over. Trader Joe's. Trader
1: Joe's. I had my seventeenth birthday party at a Hooters on Long Island. <laughs> did you
0: really? No yep. kidding. Yep. Wow. Interesting. That's awesome. Yeah.
1: Okay. <laughs> it was pretty sick. Good yeah. wings. Did, did I you? love the wings. Okay. They, they do have I, yeah they wings have, and boobs. Wings and <laughs> boobs. And man. I'm not even really into boobs, but it was funny.
0: Amazing. So, in non-chicken news, thank you, Marie, uh, Finca in North Park is open. I just went and I actually tried to go yesterday. Uh, after going to the farmers market, and I walked by, and there was not a single seat available, awesome. so I did not go in.
1: Honestly, I'm, <laughs> Good story, huh? I'm, I'm fucking thrilled to hear that. I love these guys so yeah. much. So I wrote the first look. I went to go see it a few weeks ago, right after they finished the the main installations in the space. And um, I, we all have a long history with this crew: Dan Val- Valerino, Joe Bauer, Ricardo Dondish, and you know they all started together at J and I. Came to the Hakes revamp. Have done you know some other corporate projects in those um, you know office parks in the meantime, and now. This is like their labor of love. Finca is the thing they've been talking about and dreaming about for years. And I know this because Dan and I have sat in various bars all over San Diego over the years and talked about this dream of his. Yeah. And, and because we both share a love for Spanish wines and vermouths and sherries and that style of eating and also like small California growing. So we have like very similar interests. And so this restaurant is just it's going to be great. They have. Um, a a tapas menu just all tapas but not like shared plates in the way that it's annoying for you and they're going to course it out no it's true genuine spanish tapas style that kitchen is ready to rock and it is firing off as soon as orders come in like the way it's meant to be the way that you would experience it if you were doing a tapas crawl in san sebastian like Mm -hmm. these high quality insane dishes from amazing chefs just coming at you that's what it's going to be incredible wine list over a hundred bottles at this point they have a bottle shop as well um Obviously, I couldn't be more stoked. I'm just really glad that they're open, and it's been really fun to watch them succeed over the years.
2: Yeah, I mean, when she said Jay and I, that was Juniper and Ivy. So, I mean, they've got... These guys have, I mean, they've done a lot of great things in San Diego. I The vote of endorsement that I one of the ones that I kind of prize the most um, is well Travis Weikard, who is a, a friend from Kelly. He, he's just deeply, deeply into the food scene, and he know, he'll call it out when it's not not really good, you know. And he whenever he says something, um, and also. Matt Lyons from Tribute Love Pizza. Matt Extremely Lyons.
1: true. His opinion is gold he, Because
2: he's not a bullshitter. And he's like, this thing is going to be amazing. It's going to be such a good restaurant.
1: To that point, it's across the street from it's Tribute. I didn't say that, but it is directly across the street from Tribute. And actually, Joe and Dan, when I was in there, I was kind of like, okay, well, you're doing a Spanish menu. You're doing Sherry's. You're doing, you know, it's a, similar to Mabel's Wine List. And then the mm-hmm. Convivial Dining, it's similar to Tribute across the... Like, w- and he's like no 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 We're, we're all in this together Like yeah. we want you to come here And have a few bites And maybe pop across a Tribute Or maybe you pop over to Mabel's For a gin and tonic And a couple of their mm-hmm. small dishes And it's made they're trying to you know build up the neighborhood and be in concert with everybody and i know that it's not bullshit because they're all friends and and yeah. they've all planned this and worked on this together so it's a real neighborhood moment it's and,
0: cool and this oh. is and definitely. it took so long to it get it open. So, so that's why i was like i'm like oh my gosh to see the doors open before is amazing. covid yeah. and
1: not only that it's going to be open seven days a week they said they truly want to be there for the neighborhood and they also want to be there for industry industry staff so they want to make sure nice. sundays and mondays and tuesdays they are open
2: nice and, and this is this is uh, step one you guys of an absolute explosion this year in North Park this is there are there you got bivouac who's opening up their new place you've got ch opening up a persian place jersey mikes jersey mikes is yeah. coming yeah. that is what of all, all of us are just yep. openly openly de- declaring our love our for this for jersey. new new jersey sandwich shop chain uh, my my daughter my 12 year old daughter um, loves she doesn't like anything and she loves jersey what does she get i think she gets like a break or something like that which are mike's way though mike's way is the only
1: yeah, way yeah I, I do mike's way roast beef always long. yeah,
2: yeah. anyways okay so uh last yes
0: one. so all right and this is not a combo i feel like you hear that often in, uh but burritos and coffee unless it's a breakfast burrito in the which same it kind of place is. so all right.
1: i'll tell you about it mujer divina Prisera, priscilla curiel spot um that also is a national city. She's opening the new location on 3rd Avenue in Chula Vista next week. This is also the same restu- restaurateur from the famous Tijuana cross-border family that did Talavera Azul, and she also, of course, you know, had Tuatano Taqueria in San Ysidro. And then Old Town before temporarily shutting, mm-hmm. bringing that back to Chula Vista. But Mujer Divina, coffees and burritos. So she's got, you know, like... Um, like potato burritos. They are kind of breakfast. They're more burros in, in the sense that they are, you know, like little, you know, skinny little. So we did. So wait, burritos are the little skinnies and burros are technically the big ones, right? Yes, I, I okay. think so. Yeah. So yes. what these
2: are, are burritos de gelera. Yes. So, and we did, if you go on our Instagram or in our, our YouTube, you can see we've been doing this these series, SDM Guides to Food and Drink, right? And it it's me going around and trying to, you know, get to the real story of, the, of human beings that are making our food seem really cool. And this is one of them. Burritos de gelera are what every Mexican family, not every Mexican family, but mostly northern Baja uh, Mexican families have um, as snacks. They're road snacks. They are the cooler. Gelera is a cooler. This is what your mom would pack before you go on a road trip anywhere. Maybe, you know, to Papotla, which is a beach in Mexico. where they, you know, Oh like, my gosh. You go, it's so the good. fish town. I know. So you you, they, you put these, and basically what it is, it's just a small, little, thin, almost cigar of a burrito, but usually has machaca in it, which is, mm-hmm. you know, um, dried beef that is reconstituted, and this
1: Freaking delicious. Hermachaca's is really good. I, I <laughs> I'm a bean and cheese gal, though. I am such a boring person, but there's just something about a perfect bean and cheese burrito with like a beautiful flour tortilla that mm-hmm. sends me to the moon. No,
0: I agree with that. But the thing is, a bean and cheese burrito, like if the cheese is not fully melted, it ruins the entire experience. That for is me. very true. It's too. like the, it has to have the perfect cheese melt, like where it's not like too melty, where it's like dripping out and you can't actually totally. eat it, but like it can't be like. Shredded.
1: Also, the bean ratio. I'm sure we yeah. have all been subject to a late night Roberto's bean and cheese burrito. That's like literally the size of a baby and 98% refried beans. Yeah, you just you take one bite and then you've got refried beans. Just me? You guys oh. are looking at me like I'm oh, crazy. Oh no no no! I know no. exactly what you're saying. <laughs> okay, thank you. I was like, I feel like this is universal now.
0: They also yeah. reheat really well in the the they morning do. after you half of it. I love, I, I love this burrito tour that we're taking
2: yeah. right now. And, but, so to go we back, should go on a burrito tour. Oh my God. Then, okay, so you, you guys... Right, so we we'll, even have a burrito list? For the audience, we, we will invite a bunch of listeners and we'll do a burrito tour down somewhere. And I think it should be down in Chula Vista. Mendoza. Again, we did our South Bay. Taste of South Bay is coming up the t- um, February 25th. Um, we are having a lot of our favorite restaurants from Imperial Beach, Chula Vista, National City, all the places down in South Bay going along with our South Bay issue which just came out which now is the best-selling issue that we've ever had at san diego magazine absolutely amazing um absolutely amazing thank you guys for loving it i know it was our first real like issue dedicated to the to south bay um it's really special how everybody's reacted to this issue so come down join us there but then tuatano and Mujer Divina Opening up in Chula Vista Third Ave We have a story in the issue On Third Ave That I went down And spent a couple of nights there With Claudia Sandoval And Claudette Zapeta, And they kind of told me Their favorite places
0: And it's all about like What's happening in the food scene On that iconic street And so glad to hear That she's going to be part of it that's amazing, and uh, you basically also uh, took away one of two of the marketing things I was just going to mention right there, but so yes, Taste of South Bay, February 25th, brought to you by Novo Brazil. Get your tickets at sdmag.com forward slash Bay. I am so excited for this. We're like, when this gets uh, dropped, we're less than two weeks away. Okay, and you guys,
2: you guys know. I mean, uh, look, I know these guys because I was covering music when when they came out. Um, okay, we're dropping, we, it. we're dropping it, we're dropping it. I'm, I'm like, I don't even care anymore. I, 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 you guys can my, marketing can kill me. Yeah, let's it's them, two, it's two weeks out. Um, Sonny Sandoval, the lead singer of POD, is going to be there. Yes, he's he will. gonna He's going to be playing. Um, he's going to bring. He, I guess he's. He, I think he's bringing a couple. Of, we're, tw- we're not. Hundred percent sure who he's bringing with him, but he's bringing people with him. I can just them. hear the
1: baseline lingering. Oh in the background. my god, it's playing in my head right now. That dude. Doo-
2: I know, and these guys are so sweet. I mean, I'm so awesome. They're alive. awesome. So, anyways, Sonny Sandoval is a Youth of a Nation. I I don't know if we can say we, he's playing because I'm not sure
0: if he's yes, playing. Yes, right. we can't say that. But he, his Youth of the Nation Foundation is the beneficiary. Is of the this beneficiary.
2: As well. He's going. He's really helping us with this event. Uh, his. his um, charity charity is, is Good Works Foundation, where you know they help kids get into the arts and everything else, just like they got you know into it at an early age. Um, they're going to be our beneficiary. He's going to be there. He's going to be part of the event. I mean, it's going to be huge. I he's mean, so hopefully, cool. we're gonna, hopefully we're going to hopefully we're get him to play. Such a nice guy. No promises. Zero. Cannot say that he's playing at all, but he is going to be there and is a beneficiary. I'll tell you a quick story about um, Sonny, Sonny, because we've got Jason on this um, podcast. This is like my history in San Diego music. So I remember when I was working at Slam Magazine, which would eventually become City Beat, I was writing about music, right? And I wrote, you know, anyways they the atlantic records called me and, and my rep my friend who was there and he was always trying to push his new new bands he said look i got this band from san diego they've um they've just currently sold a million records and you have not covered them whatsoever and i was <laughs> like what who the hell is this band why do i not know these guys he comes in with pod like with sonny and, all, and Mar- marcos and "Oh, so all, you're on the spot all these guys i'm i'm on the spot i'm like what, who are, hi, nice to meet you. Like, how the hell did this happen? What happened was when POD came out, if you don't know POD, they were a really big, like, rap rock band. I mean, I don't want to just, you know, like, uh, it's exactly. accurate. It's exactly. kinda, yeah, Christian, yeah, Christian kinda, rap rock Christian band. on
1: Death is the name, right? Yeah.
2: Youth of yep. a Nation was probably their biggest hit. Yes. That one or Alive? Alive, Alive or, was really or Youth of a Nation. Youth of a Nation is probably the one that's has. Yeah. I feel so alive Oh yeah Singer That's Jackie. right Okay so they And they're from the South Bay Right And so they Could not get Ska was really big In San Diego at the time So they could not get A gig booked in San Diego Because they were doing This rap rock shit You know And, and so they were like Okay well we're just Going to go on the road And we're going to play In every single backyard That people let us And they just Like fought Chased their dream and by the time they got back, they had signed to Atlantic Records and sold a million records and no one in San Diego had even played them. I
1: dig them. And no. I like rap rock better than Scott. I'm just going to say. And, yeah.
2: and with their second album, when their second album came out, and I, and I was, I, I got behind them. I helped them out a little bit, you know, and their second album, they actually picked me up at the office and their Escalade, new Escalade. Oh, that's
1: cool. And they, nice. and they <laughs>
2: stuck in a CD. Remember those? I do. Uh Barely. Stuck in a CD and they're like, let's drive around for an hour and listen to this thing. Nice. That's awesome. No, they
1: are the coolest guys. Like, I obviously don't know them, but I spent some time on Sonny's Instagram when I found out he was doing this and, like, I spent a lot of time in the (laughs) rabbit hole because that's what happens. And, dude, he's just such a cool guy. He's got his head on straight. He's so positive. He helps out so many people. He's just an earnest... I like him. Yeah. He's just a yeah. really cool guy. I'm, I'm very proud that he's going to be there and that he's like still living here and doing so. stuff. It's yeah. cool.
0: It's super, super awesome. So, yes, once again, get your tickets at sdmag.com forward slash South Bay. You know what I love about you? What? <laughs> you know when you do that? You're... you're my eyebrows Your do something. Yeah, you do it. I'm like, you do, you do Here's the my eyebrows my eyebrows. They're boy. very yeah, sculptural.
1: You, you, like, have a radio face. Actually. I know. I have a face for
0: radio. I know. Are you I'm t- sorry. T- I, I really appreciate <laughs> that. <laughs> wow. sorry, oh, wow. David, you're meant. a beautiful man. David, you really have more of a voice <beautiful man>. <laughs> for not full glass of whiskey, I have. The closet. Like you can just stay in a dark room and that's the face you have. You have
1: like a dramatic speaking face.
0: I do. I do. Maybe it's the performance part. Did I say that? I did. I did. I did act when I was younger, too, so uh-huh. there was a little you? bit of that. So, but you should see. <laughs> see, now I'm doing it now. Now now I'm, like, self-conscious. Like, I need, like, Botox now just to make it so my face does not move. <laughs> One of my
2: favorite tweets that I've ever seen, I saw, like, a, a f- about a four days ago. It said, I'm going to get Botox not to look better so that my face gives me time to think about my reaction before. I- <laughs> it's like
1: it's like how I kind of loved wearing a mask because yeah, people I couldn't loved- see my reactions to stuff cuz I'm kind of a bitch. <laughs> it's like kind of like that.
0: All right, all right. All right, right, right. Well, all right, either way. Home. So, I say it every week without my eyebrows moving. Um, Jackie puts up a blog post on sandiegomagazine.com every week, uh, diving more into this. It's going to be awesome. Uh, and then I also want to just remind you if you want to be super rad like San Diego Community Power, you should sponsor this podcast or, you know, sponsor our social media type things. We're doing so much cool stuff. Troy's got this awesome series about food and drink that he's doing on uh, Instagram. Like, Hit us up. We have really cool ways that we can interact with you. And I'm like all about all of them. But so email me personally. I will actually email it. I'll, I'll send you a digital autograph, which is called the signature of my email address.
1: <laughs> and, and we'll give you access to the best yes, storytellers in uh, San Diego we, County. To, so
2: yes. To back up what Dave is saying is that look, yeah, community power. And Hannah's Gourmet and the people that sponsor us, like they help us pay. For, they help us pay for storytelling. They help us yeah. pay to do what we do. So thank you guys so much. If you want to get involved, you're listening to this and you have a company, you want to spend some of your marketing dollars in a place that actually works. I've seen the numbers in the back end. It's crazy. It absolutely, it, works. it absolutely works. And we love our jobs, and we love our jobs. Let's grow this thing into something massive and cool. We'll be the next New Yorker Atlantic Monthly, bu- I don't
0: know. Yes. Name them all. Paris Review. But so, email me, David M. At sdmag.com and I'd be happy happy to reply to you and give you a phone call and all that fun stuff we're we'll yeah. yeah. yeah, That was like romantic. <laughs> yeah, I was it like, was. that was a
1: date pitch. We're romantic. Yeah, that's, <laughs> what <I mean. laughs> that's what That's what. you get when you sell a San Diego magazine. It's a full service experience.
2: I know, and I love this that we're all talking about this openly about commerce. Like, yeah, if we're
0: telling stories, man,
2: you
1: guys cool.
0: could you help us pay for them. If, That'd be great. If we're we not do a,
1: to pay, I don't know.
0: If we do a Zoom, you get to see the apparently the weird, weird awkward eyebrow movement I do that. It's just not been awkward. Talked about. It's beautiful. Oh, it's so you know, we loved it. It was. I amazing. did. Yeah, yeah. It, it is. It's a theater face. Yes, exactly.
3: Thank you. thank you.
2: Thank you very much. Okay. Okay, so to introduce um, our guest today, you know, I could talk about the many things that he's done. Um, we, ha- we would have a 19-hour podcast. Um, so I'm, I'm not going to do to I'm going to tell a personal story. I was writing about music. This is what I first did when I came back from Chico State with a poetry degree and the like, least employable college graduate in 17,000 years. I was <laughs> writing for a music magazine and, and I got a call. Got a phone call from one of the most, you know, somebody I really respect, and one of the most accomplished people in San Diego music scene, in Southern California's music scene, in the country's music scene, and he said, "Hey, look, I got this kid that's staying down at one of my places. He's going to be playing at a little coffee shop called Java Joe's in OB. He's going to be doing an open mic. Will you go down and check him out?" And I said that sounds like my worst nightmare right that's i really do not want to go to an open mic i'm like please bill don't make me do this this could be terrible you know and but it was bill silva and bill silva has done a lot in the music scene anybody that's been around for a long time he puts on some of the bigger shows around and he just guides people's careers and you know he's, he's been kind of a maven and he said look I, go check scout so i went down to a 2 ob and this kid um a little skinny um gets on the microphone and he's you know real down home you know mellow And opens his mouth, and that was the single most beautiful voice I have heard in my entire life up until that moment. Uh. And I'm not kidding you. I I watched it. I was like, why am I here? (laughs) I'd rather be at a punk show at the Casbah. And I looked, and you opened your mouth, and I went, holy shit. Shit. Oh, man. <laughs> and it was. Hey, everybody. This is Jason Mraz. Jason, welcome to the studio. Thank you, Joe. Thank you for that introduction.
4: That was fine. And, you know, I always wanted to be a little punk. I wanted to be a punk artist, and I, I was okay with my songs being long and weird and <laughs> not the typical pop format, but I eventually caved to what my audiences wanted, and it and it, I grew as a songwriter but life, life
2: is a a series of cavings mm. you yeah. know yeah. It, it really is you know it's kind of like folding bread really you know it's like
4: <laughs> we're going to just fold it over it's going to cave in a little bit but then give it some time and it's going to rise it's
2: that's it exactly it's going
1: to rise i mean let's say you did okay with the singing. Uh, it's fair the, to with, say with the bread. And the yeah. bread yeah, and the singing, yeah. it's it's fair to say. Yeah, both.
2: Yeah. 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 I want to uh, we, uh, we we're going to talk about what Jason is doing coming up in the next week and everybody should go cuz it's, it's going to be an amazing show doing a lot of things for communities in San Diego. But uh, let's talk a little bit about those first um ob days you know people who have followed music i mean obviously people followed your career but you know people who have followed music in san diego remember java joe's it was our rcbgv of folk music mm, yeah, right you it know was. Uh, what were those days like oh
4: the best because we had amazing singer-songwriters here in san diego but java joe's was also a national stage you'd get mm-hmm. you get these underground troubadours that were you know on the circuit all around the u.s that would pop in and I was working the door or running sound, loitering in there every night and waiting for my opportunity to shine, either in an open mic or eventually a songwriter night. You were working the door? You were working the door? Yeah. No way. Yeah. I was just hanging out. Like, I just was trying to soak up as much information as possible. I didn't have a day job. I wanted to be on that stage, you know, and earn the trust of Java Joe and build an audience myself. So it was it was amazing um, just learning from Steve Poltz Gregory Page Jeff Berkeley mm-hmm. um, and some of the many
2: touring acts that came through there just helped me become who I am and if you haven't heard Gregory Page you got to look up Gregory Page right now because he's got one of those like he sounds like a uh, what was it? Was it a photograph? It's a phonograph. He sounds like a human phonograph. He has that old-timey voice. You know, I mean, he could have been like a barber or a villain or something else in, in like a 1930s movie. Yeah, he makes new old-timey music. That that's it. Yeah. <laughs> you actually put out his records, now,
4: right? Uh, yeah, I put out a couple of his records. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I have a little indie label and uh, helped him make a few records. And I just—he's a hero of mine. He gave me my first shot. I mean, yeah. besides Bill and you know, probably paying Java Joe five bucks to let me jump up on stage. <laughs> Gregory then said, Hey, come down next weekend and open for me. Yep. And so that was like my first set.
2: I didn't realize. Yeah, so
4: Greg and I became friends and have been
2: for 25 years. I just saw, and that's kind of one of, the, one of the things I've loved about watching your career is that you've brought back the same people that were there with you in the beginning. It seems like there has been a, a just a coterie of friends, mm-hmm. you know, that, that stuck together. And, and obviously yeah. as you go on and your career um, you know, progresses and you can win a couple Grammys and you're, you know, on Broadway, there's a chance that, that that group splinters, but it seems like you always come back to center.
4: Yeah. There's a core group of people that took me in. You know, I was just traveling around the U.S. looking on an adventure when I met Bill Silva in a
2: hotel room in Las Vegas, that's what I heard. <laughs> yeah, that's he. I, Bill Col- when Bill called me, he said yeah. he's like, he's like. As somebody said, I had to go up to this. He, this kid was staying in a hotel. But he was kind of on a road trip, and he said, just give me, you know, give this kid five ten minutes of your time. And he, you know, it it was in a hotel. You just strummed your guitar and you started singing. Yeah,
4: I was singing to a room full of strangers and just having a good time. And then Bill, you know, kind of cornered me. He's like, "Who are you? What are you doing?" I was like, "I don't know. I'm just kind of." looking for an adventure. And he kind of saw me as like a homeless at risk youth (laughs) Right. and thought, well, hey, come to San Diego. I've got some friends like Mike Andrews had a recording studio here who's now gone on to score big things. And uh, Mike took me in that first weekend and recorded some of of my songs, Mm -hmm. gave us all some feedback like, look, he's good, but he needs to write songs and he needs to get experience. Yeah. So then I just immersed myself into the coffee shop scene here for about three years straight before we then started to look for an album deal and, and have bigger shows. That's awesome. So I, yeah, I was no one. Yeah. Met Bill and came here and like just used, you know, San Diego became my, my workshop where I hmm.
2: learned, where it became my college. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Everybody needs that real life college and you got to yeah. loiter in
4: it. So there was a core group of people too that I didn't have a car that were would drive me to my gig or that would be in the audience and help me collect email addresses and build up a following or they'd bring their friends from high school because I didn't know anyone here.
2: They were the original AI.
4: Yes. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Like real human the original, AIs. Real human AIs. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, they're now they're still on my team. They're people that came with me on this journey. No
0: yeah. shit.
2: When was the first time? Because I, I remember um, Obviously, the first time was when you were on Fox Rocks, because that show was legendary. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Legendary. I had the VHS copies.
0: <laughs> I, do, I
2: do, too. Uh, for those of you who don't know, that's a little inside baseball. There was a TV show that we hosted way back in the day, 2001, 2007. And Jason was He was just starting his career out, and he was he was awesome. And, you know, he came on. I think he had a backwards cap. Your dad came out from Mechanicsville, Virginia. That's right, yeah. 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 He was there at the, at the studio. Oh, um, and I have the VHS tape, too um but the what was that first moment for you i still remember when jack johnson um i was lucky to be the mc of street scene one year and jack johnson's first year um and he he just is kind of starting blowing up and he they put him on a side stage and all of a sudden when he started just about ready to go on ten thousand people descended on that stage mm. and jack turned around and i was side stage, and he looked and he goes you can see he was just that was the moment his life changed mm-hmm. that was the moment that he's like he goes he turned to his band he goes holy shit. And he kind of took a deep breath and he turned around. You know, was there a moment for you like that? Was there like, I mean, whether it be Atlantic Records calling you or Mm. Bill or or I don't know. Yeah, I mean, there was
4: a lot of those little moments and each time that those moments happened, my life would change again and change again. Right. And it's continuing to happen. I would think, okay, it's definitely not going to change anymore. This is as good as it gets. And then something else happens. I'm like, holy shit, I'm actually doing this. I'm still doing this. I'm doing this. Um, I think the biggest one for me, very early on, I had been doing three plus years of of coffee shops and I had a little act and my first record was uh, on the horizon. We had made it, but it was getting ready to come out and i was playing a side stage at the gorge amphitheater in washington okay. and now when they say side stage we're in the parking lot it's yeah. a parking lot <laughs> stage you're on a pickup truck yeah you're it's down basically the gorge. just a just a little riser of plywood we have to put the whole pa together we have 3 days to play the parking lot for the campers people okay. camping out okay. first day we spend the entire day just building the pa we don't even get a noise made <laughs> i think i played one song And I said, that's all the time we have. And the audience yelled back, thank God. (laughs) (laughs) So it wasn't a good start. Oh, my gosh. (laughs)
0: Yeah.
4: (laughs) Yep. And uh, then, so the second day, we're out there. We're jamming. We're rocking. We've got a small crowd, you know. And this is up in the Pacific Northwest, so I I didn't expect them to know me. Sure. But luckily for us, Dave Matthews came (laughs) out, hung out at the side of the stage, which, of course, he just attracted the audience like. Flies, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, and he was your honeypot. He was, mm-hmm. and so then he he signals to me, "Hey, can I use your guitar and jump up there?" And he jumps up on a little stage, plays a guitar, sings some songs. When he finishes, he hands me the guitar back. Now we've got a huge audience. Yeah, huge audience, and not only that, Rolling Stone snaps some photos of the moment, and. DMB fans across the country see this moment and they think oh Dave endorses this kid absolutely and wow. after that my shows like doubled in size we were getting club offers all across the country and then eventually we were opening for Dave Matthews. I
1: remember this because I was a big Dave Matthews ah. fan and I was a big Jason Mraz fan oh. when I was younger. Yeah. And like when when you were first starting and yeah. I remember all of this because yeah. I, I was on that tour that you opened for. Uh-huh. And yeah, that actually is what led me to you. So wow. this checks out.
2: Yep, yep. <laughs> what, and I'm not gonna say dumb luck because he came over to check out your music. He liked what he saw and it didn't, you know, he wasn't the one that yelled out, thank God. That's right. You know? <laughs> That's
4: right. <laughs> yeah, so his endorsement definitely like just kickstarted the machine. You know, we were already planning to have a machine run. Yeah but yeah. his endorsement and his fan base really Yeah Breathe, breathe a lot of life into
2: what I was. What you it seems like you chased it, that kind of experience too. I mean, you, you're from Mechanicsville, Virginia, and you, and you go, you just go, start going across the country. Yeah. You know, you, you started a musical theater. You you learned how to sing. Yeah. You know, you had a musical talent, obviously, and you just yeah. kind of, I'm going to go to a hotel room and I'm going to sing for these room full of strangers. I'm going to go to San Diego. I'm going to throw myself at this coffee scene. I'm going to go on this stage, build my own damn PA, and have somebody yell at me that I should go home. And then <laughs> Dave Matthews <laughs> is going to come over and, and start my career. That's
4: it. Yeah, I mean, I've worked other jobs. My dad was in construction, and then he was a mailman, and I worked both of those jobs. I worked for him, and then I also moved to the post office. Yeah. And I didn't like the hours or the labor of either of those jobs. Yeah. And I, But I knew what I would get if I were pursuing music. Mm-hmm. I knew it would be, you know, a nightlife. Yeah. And that's what Willie Nelson says. You know, it's, it's my life, that, that nightlife. That is, yeah. I Ooh. know. And so I chased that uh, for the hours, but also for the entertainment, you know. Yeah. Um, so I, I had no other plan. I was going to do this in some capacity.
2: And that was and and that's really and I think that's any, when it works. That's yeah. And I think anybody at this table, I mean, Jackie being a writer, you know, David being in a band as well. And if you're going to chase something creative and you know, me being a writer and doing some TV, you know, it's it's in you. You got to, you yeah. have to do it. You
1: also can't have the fallback because when you do, you're going to take the fallback. Right. So you have to put your whole thing into it like this is the thing and it's going to work because if it doesn't, then I'm just going to die. That's and that's right. the only way that it works. You
4: just got to burn all your bridges. <laughs> yeah. I've <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> <You> only <laughs> got exactly. one path forward. <laughs> Did you have. Um, like talk shows or magazines
2: when you were a kid? Oh, yeah. Did you publish your own zines? Oh, no, 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 no. no. Although I published my own poetry. I would okay. actually, like, when I was eight <laughs> years old, so I used to read the dictionary. Okay. You know, because I was just a huge, huge nerd. Okay. You know, and I would star the things, you know, the words that I had actually memorized mm. and I could That's recite so them with my mom. Because my mom, you know, we're always chasing our, you know, the um, validation of everyone in our lives, but especially our parents, at least for me. You know, my mom, anytime I would use a big word, anything that was over like two syllables, she'd mm-hmm. be like, ooh. Big word. Uh-huh. And I just remember the, her, the look on her face. It made me feel so... She loved the big word. She loved it oh, okay. so much. Yeah. You know, and I was just... It made me feel like I was... I had, you know, value, you know? So I started reading the dictionaries and I would I would just type out these terrible, terrible poems. I mean, they were just awful. And I'd give them all, everybody in my family and I'd be like... You're welcome. Oh, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yeah. were like, this is great. Yeah. yeah. Thank God. Go home. Aww. <laughs> Aww. <laughs> so, all right. So anyways, I wanted to get specifically off the top and we'll talk, you know, kind of meander here through food and just, this is a random, weird, wild conversation. we will go down a bunch of different rabbit holes, but I want to talk about Kaleidoscope Cause I think this is a really cool thing that cool. you're doing. Yeah. Um, the Jason Mraz foundation that you started has given um, a lot to food security, um, underserved communities. You tell me actually, the what your mission is with Jason Mraz Foundation
4: it's evolved Uh, I started in 2011 um, but now I like to say we shine for inclusive arts education and the advancement of equality and food security okay and the food security aspect came in because we were you know we'd send out grants and scholarships or do programs with um, arts um, organizations right both in Virginia and in San Diego my two homes but then Thanks to the pandemic, I shouldn't say thanks, but um, that helped us have a national outreach okay. because we couldn't be in the classroom. So we thought, why not just find out virtually who needs some support? Got it. But the more we went into classrooms, we realized those, um, those dance rehearsals, those music lessons, they also had a food element to them because right. those in underserved communities, when you're going sure. to an after-school program, you might also be relying on the snacks that you get. Absolutely. You know, so we made sure to build into not just giving grants and scholarships for musical equipment, but let's put a little extra in there
2: for the hot meals. Yeah. that are so important to we, nurturing mean, tomorrow's artists. Having having worked in food for so long, I mean, we you see, you know, a how much hunger um, is affects the United States. It is not this random thing, and it's interesting. And I don't know if it's a myopic. It's it comes from a sense of, of I'm just lucky. I'm lucky, I'm blessed that my dad was, you know, had the job that he had, that I never had to worry about my next meal. Mm-hmm. So you, you, I saw it as a very rare thing. Mm. You know, and it's not rare at mm-hmm. all. I think there's something like 39 million kids in the United States that do not know where kids do not know where the next meal is coming from. Yeah, I mean, it's it's huge. And if you don't know where that meal is coming from, imagine you trying to sing for Dave Matthews or Bill Silva in a, in a hotel room, and you are just damn hung, hungry. Like you don't, you don't have any energy. You don't, you're right. not there. Right. You know, you can't perform or try to do some of the basic things in life, and let alone do them like magically and really invested. That's right. You know, unless you're like you have yeah. sustenance. Yeah, it makes
1: you think about who gets. To do who gets to make art, right? Yeah. And, and and who has the ability to make art. And if you're provided for and you have what you need, you can make art. That's right. right. But you can't if you're yeah. not. And that's the inequality in that. And that's so for me, art and food go yeah. right together. They
2: go right, right together, absolutely. got feed, it feed so feed your you, brain. So you marry marry the both. So yeah. so this and I'm excited about this. And we will okay. talk a little bit about Dance with the Stars too. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure it was all the things. All yeah. the things. I, having, I, I've seen a lot of these TV shows, you know, that are yeah. competition and sequestering and all, all that. And it's a lot of work. Yeah. It is. It's a lot of I'll effort. just say I had to eat what I ordered. <laughs> 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 that's a perfect way of saying it. Yeah. And that's what I've been doing all my life. Yeah. And the, and the um. Mm. So, but this show on the 17th and the 18th. Yeah. So you are, you're going to be performing your songs with how many different arts organizations that are focused on you know, bringing kids who, A, are from underserved communities, LGBTQ+, plus um, with kids with autism is one of the groups. Mm-hmm. Um, there's uh, Kind of explain what this show is going to be. Um, so, yeah, uh, it is
4: still a concert. Yeah. You, know, you still get all your favorite pop songs from top to sure. bottom. Um, but the band and I, we're kind of in the back, and the stage is filled with young performers, uh, actually performers of all ages, um, showing us dancing, acting, playing along with music with us. Um, and it originated a little over a decade ago in Virginia um, in an after school program that I was in as a young kid. Um, I'll actually back up just a tiny bit. I was in an after school program very similar to all these programs that we're working with today. And it was fun for me. I got to learn acting, dancing, improv, singing. It was just another opportunity to perform. Yep. Then as a young adult, I learned that those programs were made possible by donors. Mm -hmm. They were, uh, you know, my mom couldn't afford to put me in those schools, but I got scholarshiped by those schools. So then it became important for me as an artist to make sure I'm putting back into those programs so that kids today don't have to worry about tuition. They can just go and learn how to dance. They can go and learn how to sing. So that's what the foundation provides. We provide grants and scholarships so that kids have free access to just pursue their artistic curiosities, right? Yeah. Well, Kaleidoscope is, an, is the next step. It's an opportunity then to take those programs onto the performance stage. Yeah. Because every one of those artists wants a chance to perform. Oh, God, am I, how good those... And yeah. you said
2: it's not just kids, but imagine the kids, how good that feels.
4: Oh, it feels great. Like, that's what I wanted as a kid. I wanted stage time. Yeah. And to get better, you need stage time. You need yeah. hours. You need your 10,000 hours or so, right? Yeah. So, Kaleidoscope is an opportunity to, pr- to practice performance. You've got a full-blown Professional stage at the California Center of, of Arts in Escondido. Yeah. Professional lights, professional sound, professional band. We've got it all. Uh, scripted show, somewhat. Yeah. Um, and everybody gets their opportunity to shine and feel it and feel nervous and overcome ah. the nerves, and to to put together a piece of content that you know they had to work months on to to deliver. And we know we're not striving for perfection, but we're just sure. we're there to do our best and have a lot of fun and these programs sharing the stage, they may have never met because they're on different sides of San Diego. They're in different um, niches of art. Mm-hmm. So now we get to watch, you know, the Tierra Caliente folklorico, oh, which is cool. folklorico dancing, um, kind of traditional Mexican dancing yeah. with the big, beautiful dresses. Get to be on the stage with Wheelchair Dancers Organization, who is giving us cha-cha ballroom and Bollywood dancing, Hmm. you know, who is also on stage with A Step Beyond from Escondido, who is giving us this beautiful contemporary and jazz dancing. And then we've got Tap Fever Studios from Pacific Beach, who's giving us tap dancing, you know, Mm -hmm. and all, all to you know this stellar band that i put together in the background that's that's some local musicians plus raining jane who i collaborate with for years on my albums yeah um so it's a fun show that just gives kids an opportunity to have that stage time and it originated i wanted to say this a little over a decade ago at the school that i went to an after school program i went to in virginia and one of the teachers noticed that not all the kids are being cast in these shows Mm mm-hmm The kids with special needs are usually put in their own category in their own show, and she's like, "We can't have that. Like, we need to create the kind of show where anyone who wants to be a performer is qualified to be in this show." Exactly. You know, so we've got beginners, we've got professionals, we've got those who want to dance as an activity, but we've got those who really want to pursue dance for the rest
2: of their lives. Yes. You know,
4: so we get this really beautiful mix of of talent
2: on stage. I, I, I'm, I, I'll ask all you guys this um, one of the most moving things ever because I started writing about music when I was 18 years old and you know I was able to you know do some stuff for Rolling Stone and Spin and go to go really experience you know kind of get some un, um, access to music that I wouldn't otherwise have gotten if I wasn't writing about it right And one of the things I got invited all every year down to bridge school benefit mm-hmm Bridge School Benefit was the most moving, emotional experience i would ever had with music. Mm -hmm. You know, because it's Neil Young and Neil Neil Young's kid. I want to say, and I could be getting this wrong, and somebody correct me if I am, I want to say, is deaf. Um, He has a couple of um, disabilities, Mm -hmm. you know, that this school, you know, was helping kids with those same disabilities. Mm -hmm. And so he would invite Pearl Jam Down, Ministry, um, oh, who sang Fade Into You? Mazzy Star, Mazzy Star, Mazzy Star. <laughs> Star was there. The Indigo Girls—the first time I ever saw Indigo Girls. Wow. Um, but it so was—and cool. all the kids, all the kids were on the stage. Indigo
1: mm. Girls in Ministry. Who, uh, yeah, same stage. Same <laughs> stage. <laughs> just checking.
2: I, I like the mix. Me <laughs> too. I actually and, like. Both and they, of them. all the kids were there, and you would see the parent—the parents were there with them on the stage too. And you would just see, like, you know, them to like have this entire concert for them, you know, and to be included. And again, that's what we're talking about—is inclusion, right? Yeah. You know, and to be included it was just one of the most emotional things. I, mean, I sat there and cried through ministry. Mm. I never thought that <laughs> ministry was going to make me cry, Yeah, you know, but it did. Wow. And, and I remember.
1: Ministries made me cry before happy tears. Yeah. And I
2: remember, um, I even remember when the Indigo Girls came on, Yeah, I was like, I do not want to listen to two folk wa- women saying <laughs> I'm like, this is stuff, you know, I'm like, it's just not for me. I'm sorry. Wow. You know, and they, I started walking um, to the left to go for a beer and they opened their mouths and I had yeah. a Jason Moran, moment yeah. i was like holy like it crap happens to you a lot. <laughs> i know i need to stop <laughs> judging books by covers you know <laughs> anyways yeah so um yeah that's kind of sounds like the same kind of experience you know i mean actually yeah. actively involving the community and a community that is often underserved under you know is not included in theater performances that's right and some damn good pop music that's like you said hey a, there I mean, you go yeah, yeah. Uh, what was the most moving show that you ever had
1: Oh, I've had a few, but my dad works in the music industry. He makes wireless microphone, sound equipment, mixers, all wireless. That's his thing. So I was very lucky. I grew up around a lot of really cool music. I have two quick ones. I'll keep it very short, I promise, but they're worth it. So the first one, when I was six, I was a huge Paula Abdul fan, and my dad did the sound for Paula Abdul. And so, again, I was six, limited consciousness, and I was watching, I grew up in New York, Regis and Kathy Lee, and she was the guest. And my six-year-old brain, I go, Paula Abdul's in New York. We live in New York. That means she's here and I'm here. So why the hell am I not seeing her? Mm-hmm. And my mom goes, Ugh course precocious kid my dad already had it all locked up he had backstage passes oh. front row wow. seats and color me bad was the opener Whoa. again I was six yes. okay. so I'm front row with my dad I wanna sex you up, you up. the primary color <laughs> bad. that was my yeah. first concert and it did change my life second one my dad did the sound has done the sound for Aerosmith for years and uh, when I was a senior in high school it was the girls of summer tour and they came to Jones oh. Beach on Beach on Long Island and I was like I have to go can you do it my dad's like it's last minute I can hook it up but they said there's a condition you have to deliver something for me and I said I can do that and so my you dad became goes, a
2: drug mule at that age.
1: Eh? no oh, I context. wish but oh. it was guitar cables for Joe Perry Whoa. and wow. so um, I had to it was Wayne's World like we're not worthy like yes. I was backstage like hi Joe Perry he's like you're Doug Bryant's daughter what's up I was like so, and then Amazing. you know there's still I mean this was I'm 38 so this is 20 years ago they were yeah. still crushed just, yeah. And they were not young then either like crushing so that that those two That's things great. changed my life. That's great. And
2: yours and, and Really quickly here. I just I just open this up to a round table. Yeah, how it. are you?
0: How are you doing on time? I'm plenty good Yeah, All right, I'm, good. Good. yeah okay. I'm great. All right, David. All here right. so I have two and I'll make them quick too So at 16 years old I'm growing up in Vermont and when you grow up in Vermont there isn't much for concerts around you like especially right. when you're on a dirt road So at 16 I was like obsessed with Trent Reznor and Nine Inch Nails my parents yes, my parents let me take a bus to Boston by myself. To go see Nine Inch Nails on the first pretty uh, first um, pretty Downward Spiral uh, tour. Oh, wow. Wow. And cool. so I'm there and I'm like, yeah, this is cool. So uh, the opening act, uh, Marilyn Manson, he gets arrested on stage wow. um, <laughs> for getting naked. And then Trent Reznor gets arrested <laughs> later on for incit- incit- uh, making a riot. Um, because they ripped all of the chairs out of the Boston Garden and then lit them on fire in the middle of the, the arena. That's rock so roll. I'm like, I'm like oh my yeah, gosh, this is amazing and, and then the other one that just like completely moved me because after I played the show I was like I was like, oh my gosh, I was teary um, My one of my favorite bands actually my all-time favorite band is the job called Nope. Glassjaw Glassjaw
1: Long Island hardcore.
0: Yes, but so um, we got asked to play with them here at the observatory in San Diego And so opening that and having them seeing them on the side of the stage like being like into us and then talking you're just, to him after I just, just like, weeping I know I'm like I'm like oh my gosh was that real I'm like sold out show at the observatory opening for my favorite band and I was like I was like okay I don't need to don't need to do anything ever again I love (laughs) that (laughs) it's epic and and honestly like this is why you had your musicians growing up that
2: did the same thing and that's I guess the reason why I brought that up and I wanted everybody to kind of contribute to that was that that's how like these you know kids students you know can feel you're going to be able to to, you know and not to you know overly patron saint you you know because I know you're a humble guy but that's a very cool thing you know for those Mm -hmm. Kids to be on the same stage with the, a guy who's won a couple Grammys has been on on Sesame Street, which my daughter that's talks right. about all mm-hmm. the time. Yeah, you know, um, yeah. Amongst
4: these kids, I'm probably more known for the Sesame Street appearance, <laughs> and then my music. <laughs> it, you know, the teachers of these programs and the parents of these programs—they're the ones who are excited. You, you gotta know? hit them at all levels. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got them at all levels. That's yeah, 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 yeah. Well, uh, but this is a kind of format that I'd like to go forward with and enroll other artists to be the music Mm -hmm. for these shows uh because it's it's really not about me yep um it's just easy for me right now to provide the music but i'd love to enroll the gregory pages and the 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 local bands yep and artists to lend their songs and watch them be performed in a way they've never experienced them perform before yeah no that is that's kind of a long-term goal that we would do with this i want to see a bunch of kids
1: do a schizophrenic show. There you go. <laughs> Speaking of local <laughs> yeah, bands, yeah. a bunch of kids yeah. jumping
2: around. R- right. <laughs> so, and you did. So you started in musical theater, right? I mean, so this is are you. I know you did something on Broadway. I think what? Two, when was that? Two thousand seventeen. Seventeen. Yeah,
4: I did a little run of Waitress, the musical. Okay. Where hmm. I got to play a gynecologist behaving badly. It was a wonderful gig. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> it was. It was a great gig. <laughs> I forgot
1: how funny you are Jason Mraz, bad gynecologist Um,
2: But this is, I mean, and again, you said there's going to be some skits having with the kids at um, Kaleidoscope Uh, But this is is really what you grew up doing Absolutely, putting on shows Like we
4: had just maybe a six inch or one foot step up in front of our wood stove To me, that was a stage you know, I'm three years old. I jump up on that little platform, and I'm like, hey, check me out. Watch what I can do. I can lip sync to your favorite songs. You know, that's that's who I was. Hairbrush or no hairbrush? Uh, I don't think I had that. Sometimes probably I had the hairbrush. Absolutely. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Probably sometimes like a, a cane, you know, I oh. did a good Michael Jackson impersonation, you know, I'll I bet you did the one glove
2: Are you good? You can dance. Okay. Look, okay. So let's click quickly go back to what obviously a two things I want to get out because we can talk about everything you've done in the past, but I want to talk about what you're you are doing doing now You released a new album last year. Yes, right um, Mystical, magical, rhythmical, radical ride. Kind of a dance album, really. I saw that. Yeah. You know what I thought? I was like, it, it is a dance album. And, and I love that you went the dance direction. You've gotten mm. a lot of different directions. And I imagine mm-hmm. as an artist over 20-something years, you're like, all right, well, what can I try next? I Absolutely.
4: Wanna, oh, I yeah. I've got a country bluegrass inspirational album
2: on deck. Wow. Uh, yeah. Now, now you're- I, That's going to hit. Dude, yeah. people with beards singing about rivers, I'm like, <laughs> I am all in. All you should in. see right. my Spotify. It just looks like 25 variations of iron and wine. There it is yeah
4: Yeah. i got one on deck like i that's where i'm at now it's like there's so much great music out there and as an artist as a musician like you want to feel what it's like to be inside of that yeah right
2: exactly yeah yeah you're like why don't i try that hat on for yeah yeah it's pretty cool the um all right so do you you tell people to buy the album anymore i i don't even know jason i I mean it's on Vinyl Vinyl?
4: Yeah, we do have vinyl Yeah Okay Yeah, I make sure that we keep all of our albums in print in vinyl Which is awesome Okay um, So yeah We have a web store com. You can get it on vinyl
1: Okay I'm seeing yeah. a lot of parallels With the print magazine industry here
4: I know right <laughs> Exactly You I know so. I find that people Get vinyl even who don't own Record players Because they want to collect The little mm-hmm. piece of art Or they want to yeah. They want to know That they've got that artist On uh, a, an artifact yep. Of that artist So it's, I appreciate it So we keep them in stock On vinyl And I listen to vinyl at home I, It's the only way to go I love we it We too yep. Yeah See that's You know
2: what I'm so lazy I, d- I think I'm just busy You might be busy We, uh, You know yeah. I might be A tiny bit busy yeah. we, we do have a two year old I, I We had yeah. a two year old The exact same day We took over a media company In <laughs> 2021 Incredible. You know Which apparently Was not a great time To take over a media company And then rebuild it From the studs While you're building a baby hey,
1: anyway, We're still here We're still we're here, still here. Yeah. We're still
2: here Baby's not But we're still here <laughs> so but i mean i i I would love to say that i I do vinyl but i mean it takes too much of my time so i just put on spotify while i'm trying to clean a dish make some food you know spotify
4: Um, the endless the endless record store
2: which is awesome awesome and then okay so then dancing with stars i either thought you were the best marketing genius in the world thank you you're like i'm gonna do a dance album and then what am i gonna do I'm going to go on Dancing with the Stars. That's
4: right. The biggest platform for
2: dance in on
4: television. It is, that's yeah. it.
2: Okay, what can you tell us? And obviously, you know, I'm sure sir sure is good to bad. I've been around TV shows long enough to know that when you get into that process, it is a sausage. I mean, it is... Mm-hmm. It is it, it, it all looks beautiful on, on TV once they get it done, once the editors, a lot right. of waiting around, there's a lot of this, a lot of that, and you know, yeah. how was it? It was a, wonder, it was a
4: wonderful experience, okay. very collaborative That's with nice. all the different creative teams, from Wardrobe, who makes all your clothes from scratch every yeah. week, to the visual and camera team who help you really shine, yep. you know, you get to work with them, um, and, but when it really comes to creating the dance, you have one partner, and she's a pro, Mm-hmm. And she choreographs the number mm-hmm. And teaches me how to be a professional in six days To learn a brand new style of dance And we drill it We drill that dance over and over again And I was hating it. I've never done a lot of athleticism in my life
2: uh, <laughs> Sports balling? No. Yep, no. this
4: was it This was, was the real funny. deal Like, I, got, I had abs I had abs for a couple of weeks They showed up? It was up? nice, they showed up They That's were there cool. wow. Yeah, I was proud So weekend abs? You had like, like weekend one, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, right. then, but then the show ended right before the holidays yeah, yeah and then yeah. I just I've know, never had it, so
1: that sounds goods. really nice
2: I love my abs so much that I built them some padding nice you know yeah. what I mean yeah,
4: you gotta yeah. protect, to them. protect yeah, them yeah exactly. it's,
0: it's like bu- I grew bre- my own bubble rack <laughs> you
4: know yeah.
0: do they have like a, that's a good one do they have like a super stretching <laughs> regimen before you go dance and whatnot to make sure you don't like pill a hammy while doing like a I don't nope. know, dance move. No,
4: <laughs> no, there really was nothing. They're just like, Okay, they, they kinda you're in the room, they lock the door and you're you're you gotta learn it fast. Yeah. Um so they they called me a couple of years ago and asked if I would do the show and I said no, yeah. I wasn't. Uh, it didn't but so but then I make this record and it's all about dance and because some subconscious in me continues to sing about it, and of course I'm in front of audiences a lot, and you're trying to encourage the audience to get up and have a good time. Yep. But I realized, like I actually need to understand what dance is yeah. to really pull this off and we were looking at how we're gonna unroll this record and what kind of promo are we gonna do and I said well I do have the phone number of the Dancing with the Stars who called me last year let me see if they'll take me this year mm-hmm. uh-huh. and so I called them back and yeah. they said we'd love to have you oh, and it was a perfect marriage they let me do my own song twice yep. in awesome. the season the opening number and the finale I got to do my own song awesome. my current single Plus, I got to sing with the house band some weeks yep. and be the vocal on the track I was dancing to. Yeah. Um, it was incredibly collaborative, so encouraging. I learned so many new things. And then it gets to basically dovetail into this kaleidoscope where I'm working with five different dance organizations. Right. And I've done this program in the past many times. You're going to kill these kids. I mean, you're going to you're going put them through a regimen of like six days? Well, no, I'll tell you what. They, yeah, no, they're putting me through it, actually. <laughs> but... Every other year I've done this, I've not been comfortable with the dance groups. I've just been a little embarrassed, you know, or like I'm the musician, I'll, I'll hang in the back. But this time I'm like, what's your choreography? Do you have a place for me? And so now I'm dancing with these groups. Awesome. And it feels amazing. That's and so cool. dancing with the stars really gave me some confidence that I had been missing this whole time in my music career. I'll
2: calling bullshit on that a little bit. <laughs> oh, Ooh. really?
4: Well, well, you know, I'll tell you though, I danced in a comedic way before. Right. You yeah. Can, you
2: have moves. I've seen them. Yeah,
4: but I would yeah. put humor in the front. Right. To protect right. me a That's little bit. That's how I do it. To soften it. Yeah.
1: The Elaine dance. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and so. But now it's genuine. Now it's genuine. Oh, yeah. Really.
4: Now I can do the humor, but I can also do the. That's big. You know the professional content. A lot as of well. people don't feel
1: comfortable moving, and yeah. Even well, you, you human expression.
2: Human expression period is hard. Raw human expression. Yeah. I mean putting yourself out there. Yeah. You know I mean I do a comedy online or you know humor online. That's kind of what I during the pandemic it's kind of how I blew up my social and was able to actually kind of make a, a, a living through the pandemic because people paid me because my social got big because my, my humor. You know okay. and so but t- people ask me to do it you know, on stage and I'm like I no I don't have the guts oh. I can't do it. You oh. know? Know, but because you know it's terrifying uh-huh. but once you can finally do it and like you know dance with intention and be like i'm not trying to be funny i'm actually trying to dance and that's
0: okay Moving and just is so it go, it's so
1: it's, it's it's your body undulating and yeah. everything can yeah. see it and everyone and it and it's a reflection of how you feel about yourself and so for me it's like oh everyone can see how i'm feeling myself right yeah. now and i think for me that's really vulnerable yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. all
2: right so you're gonna, you're gonna be vulnerable then very Okay, good. Yes. Good. Okay, so let's switch. Obviously this is a food podcast, so let's get into food before I keep you here for seventeen We're hours. Okay, no <laughs> um, So let's let's talk about how you got into food. I mean obviously Hey, hey, I wanna know why you stayed in San Diego. I think it kind of leads into it. Um, why did you stay in San Why Diego? did I stay in <laughs> He's San looking Diego?
4: Around outside. It's, it's the is,
0: tornadoes.
4: You know, <laughs> you for, a lot for the of orcas. people. Yeah. It's yeah.
1: next stop LA.
2: Right.
4: It's it, I like that it's LA adjacent, mm-hmm. but I don't have to live in LA. Yeah. I can Amen. just get there by train or take a quick quick day trip. Uh, But yeah, I'm looking at a wall of San Diego Magazine covers and like every third one is a beautiful setting uh, in the environment. And I grew up in Virginia, which is beautiful, but we have all four seasons. And (laughs) three of them are kind of bleak. (laughs) Uh, And uh, here I was just blown away and um, that was it. It was mostly the environment. But also it was the people that I met right away. You know, had, had Bill Silva been from... Um, Dakota Toledo Or Toledo Yeah Yeah, I might have been Part of the Toledo music scene You know So it was really the people That that brought me here Yeah um, And obviously the weather
2: Held me down And kept you here Yeah Yeah. And and obviously San Diego Is one of the we, We talk about this all the time You know San Diego is one of the Foremost you know, growing regions for the United States. We mm. have more small small farms per capita That's than right. any county in the, in the world. Of course, a lot of those are decorative far, um, flowers, but if we have a lot, a lot of food. Now, this you have Moraz Family Farms. That's right. This is, I mean, it was just your home to start. That's right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, I am gonna, I'm gonna turn everything I own into, <laughs> uh, and into a working farm, which I imagine was no small feat, Jay.
4: It was no small feat. It started as a hobby. It yeah. started because I bought a house out in the Fallbrook area, and yeah. it by nature of living in that area, it came with avocado trees. Okay. (laughs) Not because avocado trees grow wild in the area, but because the the farmer before me planted them probably around the same time I was born, like late 60s, early 70s. I was born in 77, but the trees were probably planted in like mid 70s. Yeah. So I basically inherit them in 2004 by buying the house. And through the the hobby slash... um, Duty of being the homeowner You have to water them And feed them And prune them And luckily You get the, the abundance Of avocados Sure
2: how much guacamole did you eat those first
3: Ooh, couple of
4: years? Oh gosh. A lot. <laughs> and then eventually you're like, screw the other ingredients, just crack open the avo.
2: <laughs> some limes, some salt. Some
4: limes, some salt, some <laughs> some other oils, some chili, whatever. yeah. Just yeah. It it, and then I'm getting into honey and banana and making it sweet and adding cacao oh, you got and making weird with making chocolate mousse with it. Yeah. yeah all kinds of wonderful things um but i credit to i credit the avocado to how young i look yeah those oils those (laughs) essential oils i mean i think you could do a scientific experiment on me like what happens if you eat an avocado a day for 25 years
2: you know that's (laughs) kind of who i am that's it yeah Yeah. i mean i mine um i worked with a makeup artist on guys grocery games who said um as she's doing my makeup she says you know you are the greasiest um mfer i've ever met (laughs) in my life and i'm like thanks man <laughs> like, I, I think I'm just highly insulted and that's really cool thank you very much um, and she goes no that's why even though you've smoked and drank in your life uh, at some prod- prodigious levels um, you don't look like you're 942 years old yeah. she's like you got oil of old coming out of your skin oh, every single day and right. I think it was the avocados from. Say. I got there that while
1: I was pregnant they were like you have a really round face good fat deposits you're not oh. gonna wrinkle badly I was like oh. thanks I okay cool okay. good fat <laughs> round face <laughs> yeah. so, so
2: these avocados you inherit I mean they launch you into a really I mean you've done this a lot with a San Diego agriculture mm-hmm. um local like farmers and I know you, you've kind of credit and uh, not credit yourself you you've called yourself a student really for I mean, sure still you, very yeah much, yeah so I mean what what made you get so into it I mean what, did you just love the botany of it did you love the
4: yeah so after about four or five years um of just doing the avo trees yeah I realized and it all it, uh, it just just took my roommate to grab a guava tree from the farmer's market and stick it in the earth <laughs> and it also started growing. I said, wait a minute. My <laughs> light bulb went off. Like we don't just have to have avos. Like mm-hmm. the idea of <laughs> diversification.
1: And guavas are life-changing fruit, appeared. in my opinion.
4: Yeah. So then it was like, oh let's see what else is at the farmer's market, shall we? Like so I was, I mean, totally green going into this thing. Yeah. Um, and I just i got i got way into it and then i started uh, you know putting in little gardens for i could have supplements to the kitchen and actually because a neighbor of mine had this incredible ketchup and they're like oh yeah we grew this in our garden i said i made the list of what are the ingredients and i went home and i planted the tomatoes and the onions and i was like i'm going to grow ketchup. you planted ketchup (laughs) yeah planted ketchup
1: what happened when you first ate your first tomato like good tomato
4: uh, oh, it was wonderful. The problem was, is I just planted too many. I was like, okay, I'll, I know. Plant, I'll put problem. twenty-five tomatoes in this row, and like, wait a minute, I'm a household of two people. Like, now we have four thousand tomatoes.
2: You're the friend that nobody like. I mean, we're very happy to see you, mm. but you're, you're like, I brought you nine bags of tomatoes. Yeah. Is this like, Jason, can't you just bring some cheese or right, wine? Right, you know, to the party. Right. Yeah. So
4: it was a. <laughs> I didn't read any books. I just just started. But what I did do around 2008-ish is I just had an open house for all my neighbors. Okay. Because everyone's a grower out there or a gentleman farmer
2: or a flower farmer. Was that the one that I came to? Mm, No. I, I don't know. I think it was after that. I don't know. Um, I think it was right when you are about ready to start growing coffee, too. But you had you had a few things. I'm sorry. And I and derailed your conversation here. But uh, you had a few of those events there with like local chefs and, and, oh, and farmers. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That, that was a little later, okay, yeah. But the,
4: the first one is I just realized I didn't know my neighbors. And yeah. so what else have people been growing? What have been their successes? What have yeah. been their failures? Because if I'm going to do this, I don't want to do something that someone else says, oh, we tried that years ago. It doesn't work. Yep. Right. Absolutely. Or, and one of the first things I did was I, I met a neighbor who has a tractor who let me use his tractor whenever I needed, yep. which was great nice. before I bought my own. I had um, another friend. I, I said, I, I made the comment. I said, I want to be able to eat within my zip code. Yeah. And mm-hmm. a family farm raised their hand and said, we can help with that. And I got involved in their CSA. And mm-hmm. they became my farming mentors. Okay. Uh, Scott Murray and the Scott Edge Scott of Urban Murray, Farms. Scott yeah. Murray is
2: like a... Icon in yeah. San Diego mm-hmm. farming and yeah, a,
4: a, a real mentor real teacher and actually a lot of our ongoing staff came through him Got and it. through students of Palomar College mm-hmm. cool. and People who have worked for Scott um, who want to actually work in agriculture We were able to you know forgive them a job awesome. So it started out as just an interest, and then it grew into a kind of a community ask, and then next thing you know, we're transitioning to organic, and we have an abundance of fruit because I end up buying land surrounding my home yep. whenever the neighbors decided to downsize. I was like, "Well, I'll take those on, yeah. thinking <laughs> that more trees would be more profit. No, no, no. It's the More opposite. trees are just more, more work. work. More work. Yeah. Yeah, so... Grand plans I'm still (laughs) making music To support my farming habit (laughs) (laughs) Yeah Seriously Oh my god (laughs) I mean So you, you convinced Chipotle To buy your avocados though that that again. Thanks to Scott. Um, Scott had done some Chipotle work um, with the great, s- crazy skateboard guy up there in Vista. Nope. The other one who has the mega ramp. His name oh, is Oh, Bill Bur. Bern- Bill uh, Bob, Bob, Bob burnquist no. No. no, not Bob. Bob not not, not Wait,
1: is it Bob Burnquist? It's Bob Burquist. It's Bob Burquist. It's Bob Burquist. Yeah, yeah, Bob. He's got it the out. mega ramp.
4: Well, he <laughs> had this beautiful herb garden right under his mega ramp. That was a Chipotle herb garden. They oh, were coming shit. in and buying the herbs. I said, well introduced me to Chipotle yeah, I, go. <laughs> and, I just uh, took over another house and yeah, I had to do some exact so, avocados so yeah they buy all of our avocados which is huh. wonderful yeah. we do save a few trees every now and then we have specialty boxes that we yeah. sell online for okay. our fans and stuff but um, most of them yeah go out to Chipotle in the springtime that is okay. so cool yeah
2: and so you got. So what do you say? I mean, obviously, when I start getting into food, and you, when you get into food, you get into both. Um, well, you get into politics as well, but you get into environmentalism, and you get into like the, um, you know, just the stats of food um, security, mm-hmm. of of nutrition. What are the things that you that really Uh, you find yourself stating every day when you're talking to somebody about food. For me, the stats, the kind of things that sat with me. First, um, I say this all the time. 2019, we wasted enough food in America to fill the Empire State Building 91 times. 91 Mm. Empire State Buildings. The other one being is when Nixon told all small American farms that they had to go big or get out. Uh, So we lost those, the the small farms. And we just used NPK fertilizer, nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium, Mm -hmm. right? And that has now resulted in our fruits and vegetables on the average in American supermarkets have anywhere between three and 50% less nutrients than mm-hmm. they did 50 years ago. That's right. So, and they think that might actually be part of why we overeat as a, as a community oh, as well. because
4: we're hungry for the nutrients. We're,
2: look, our body we're evolutionarily is wow. looking for those ingredients. They're not, they used to get from a Jason Mraz tomato. Yeah. You know, they're not getting it anymore. So wow. we, I was mean, like, well, I may as well grab an Oreo, you know? Wow. Um, so. Is anyway, that a hunch or is, is that... that Science okay, th- you made up That or? is science that I put together Actually uh-huh. no That's not something, science I put together I think I was reading I was reading something On Wendell Berry uh-huh. you Oh know? yeah Oh Wendell Berry oh, right, Of course <laughs> Yeah <laughs> He's like it's. He was a, a farmer philosopher he's like, he's Berry like, I, Yeah I, I mean Great weird stuff to, yeah. to read And get interested in But yeah. I got really deeply interested in it. Yeah. Anyways I think I read it there
4: yeah. Mine would be from uh Kind of what Scott told me He's like We don't have enough farmers to replace those who are retiring now. Yeah. There's mm-hmm. not enough young people in agriculture mm-hmm. to fill in the jobs, and they're not desirable jobs. Sure. You know. It's hard work. Every small farm seems to be in debt yeah. or just riding the line. Yeah. And so these these family farms that have been around for generations are most likely going to choose a developer sure for their next um, lease or sell their farm to a developer before they'll sell it to a young farmer yeah you know and, and that's that's scary yeah
1: that threat li- that threat looms larger than many other farming communities just because of the price of real estate here and the yeah. desirability so mm-hmm. it's it's an especially different you know kansas it might be different right that's but right. here that land is is prime real estate yeah you know?
2: Yeah, and that's it, that's a big problem with, we know with our, our food system in the United States. I mean, and at the end of the day, the, uh, fishing is the same thing. We don't mm-hmm. we don't have enough, you know, um, you know, younger generations that want to go out on a boat, you know. So we end up importing a lot of our fishing, our, our fish in the United States. I think it's something around it can the, the stats vary. And you never know who to depend on. Some people say 50, some people to say 90 percent of the fish that we eat is imported from other countries. And the only problem with that being not to be nativist about it, but those countries often don't have the safeguards and or for human beings that fish on the boat the, the labor laws you know there's a lot of you know the number one um uh number one industry for human trafficking and you know forced indentured um labor is is fishing mm. you know across yeah. the world so yeah anyways there's a lot of things that you that go along with food and yeah. imagine you probably have kind of deep in that because i know you yeah um i actually
4: did some activism work around human trafficking about 10 years ago Uh in Myanmar and in the Philippines. And it was a very common story that people would be promised jobs and they end up being locked in to these shrimp processing facilities or stuck out on boats for weeks at a time, basically enslaved. Yeah. And I heard enough stories and talked to real survivors that I never ate shrimp again. Mm -hmm. It's just not even an option for me, especially if you're in the middle of the country, nowhere near the water. I'm thinking, I can't trust where this shrimp is coming from. Right.
2: You know? Yeah. Yeah. And that transparency in food is so so important, and obviously yeah. that you've you've learned that as as well. Yeah, you know the um, where was I, where the hell was I going to go with that? I had something that I was going to say, and I just completely <laughs> lost my. train Should we of talk
1: thought. about coffee since we are talking about the farm?
4: I love coffee. Do you?
1: <laughs> I <laughs> love it. I
2: do. I I've
4: love heard, it. You
1: know, I've heard so. this actually. The story that Troy wrote years ago about your coffee venture and your farm still to this day. How many years ago is that? It comes up on our top five on the site uh, all it has the been, time.
2: I mean, wow. millions. Randomly, it just pops
1: up. Oh, in the top three again. Cool. Yeah, people love that story.
2: Yeah. It was just really cool. I mean, A, very few people knew that we could grow coffee in California, let alone San Diego. We always pictured it to be this, you know, rainforest type, you know, that kind of, you know, equator type crop. Yeah. You know, how did you get into it? So I met
4: some other coffee growers um, who were growing up in the Santa Barbara area. Yeah. And they'd been doing it for about ten years and I walked around their farm and thought, I cannot believe I'm walking around in a coffee farm. Yeah. In California. I know. And they basically shared, like, yes, it can be done. The reason it hasn't is because in the rest of the world it's cheap. Mm-hmm. You know. And to grow it in California, you're gonna be feeding it and watering, watering it, it. And laboring mm-hmm. over it in a way that is gonna be way more expensive than any other right. community in the world. So yep farmers just have never wanted to touch it but with more and more people interested in rare varietals
2: which yours is a geisha which I one know. of the rarest uh, we coffees? do
4: grow geisha yeah. yeah um we have many different varietals but geisha is definitely the more popular one the most okay. probably the most sought after coffee in the world yeah um and it's been um uh, scored reviewed um q-rated at right up there with Panamanian and Geisha Village, Ethiopian, like it can be on the same menu. And unfortunately, um, a lot of the Geisha that we grow, I grew it because I wanted to have local coffee. Yeah. Like... I started to plant things on my farm that I thought, well, what do do we always import? And what can I just try to then grow here to reduce my footprint importing it? So like bananas for... I grow bananas because I know that if I get them at the grocery store, they're most likely going to be coming from Ecuador or somewhere else. So I thought the same thing with coffee. I loved the idea of producing a coffee and doing it local. And Bird Rock, the first year we produced coffee, Bird Rock jumped on it and said, we want it. And that was just like... A home run for me. Sure. I loved love that. I love Bird Rock. Yeah, everything. And about I love that the coffee stayed in Southern California, but ever since then, the real customer for our coffee has been in Japan. So Blue Bottle buys up everything and sells it across their stores in Japan. Interesting. But because they have the clientele that understands the ritual and the experience of coffee. Right. Whereas here, it's like in a fast to go cup. Right. You're going to slam it. You're not thinking about sitting down with it or sitting across from your barista and having this very um, high end um, um, Hospitality service Yeah, it's an
2: experience Is an experience, you know. yeah, yeah so, It's a process, it's a ritual like you said
4: Yeah, so that's because our coffee is, is a good and so rare We felt like the best place for us right now is to go where the customer is sure. for this coffee It's kind of yeah. like when Tesla first came out They only released a sports car that only a few could have Sure And they built this desirable brand. And eventually now everyone can afford one, essentially. And honestly, that's kind of
2: how you have to do anything. You have to do it rare and then get economy of scale.
4: Right. So that's where we're at. Um, Okay. Started with a few small farms. There's currently about 24 farms in California producing cherries right now. Okay. And my dream would be to partner up with some local Mm -hmm. roasters or some enthusiasts of coffee in Southern California Who want to help us process it and keep it local? Process it and keep it local. Are you
2: hearing us, Um, Cafe Moto? Are you hearing us, Um, Bird Rock? Bird Rock. Are you
4: hearing us, um, Dark Horse? Dark Dark Horse Horse is great. Revolution Roasters. (laughs) Um, Banana Dang. I'm a big Banana Dang
1: (laughs) fan. Even a better Buzz. Do they roast here?
4: I don't know. I actually
1: think they do. They're totally homegrown.
4: All right. Yeah. That's great.
1: And they have capability in locations. So there's
4: great roasters here. um, And, you know, but all roasters are pulling their beans from the tropics or from somewhere else in the world. I'd love to be able to provide a bean from San Diego for a San Diego roaster.
2: How cool would that
4: be? Yeah, I know.
2: Well, we'll get there. We just we just put a call out right there now. There you go. Yeah, right,
4: yeah. <laughs> I think by saying it into the universe... GoFundMe just automatically
2: starts a page. Oh, my yeah.
1: god. <laughs> They're here, too. Let's let's get them in. They're San Diego-based. <laughs> wow.
2: I, I know. Um, all right. So, what else? What else? What else do we want to talk oh, about? Oh, we actually wanted to
1: know if, if we're going to do two people 50 bucks, if you're down for that. Yeah. What's we do a segment where you someone else you got 50 bucks we always kind of go over the it's, 50 it could be 500 bucks yeah. if you really want yeah. basically where what do you like to go what are you getting
2: yeah oh for 50 bucks
4: right, well yeah. it could be
1: yeah it could be anything just where do you like
2: I think you are are it, you talking about food yeah, yeah. yeah. A- any place that you love I kind of like I you know I, I called you the uh, a couple months ago oh, and yeah. I I guess like, what, what I like what do you yeah. like where do you like golly we um, can we can go first while you think too whatever you want
4: well I will oh, tell yeah, you we're ready to go oh side has just blown up in the last 10 years, yeah. you know this, Absolutely. or 15 years. Like yeah. it was, when I moved out there 20 years ago, it was like um, auto sh- repair shops. Yeah. And now they've all been converted into these amazing culinary delights. Yeah. Um, so I've still not visited all of them. And mm-hmm. that's, that's what my... Plan is for the rest of my life is to like make sure I hit every single Oceanside one, one
2: a year in between projects. Yeah, yeah. exactly mm-hmm. one
4: a year. We also have about thirty coffee shops in Oceanside. Yeah, you in North Park. Yeah, yeah, it's it's <laughs> insane. <laughs> it. Um, so Little Fox is an ice boutique ice cream just opened up. Just opened up yeah. in Oceanside. I would start. I'd spend my fifty bucks
2: there. Yeah, I'm an ice cream. Me too. What's oh. fanatic. <laughs> If you ever find me dead in an alley yeah. with some sort of vice, some pile of vice, uh-huh. it's not going to be heroin. It's not going to be you know any, any hard drugs. It's going to be sample spoons. It's going to be sample <laughs> spoons. It's just going to be the little pink ones, you know yeah. what I mean, from 31 Flavors.
1: I have six to seven pints in my freezer at any oh given moment. Oh, my Lord. Yeah. It's
2: so, a Little Fox, if you don't know it. This is um, an old, uh, I believe it's a pastry chef from Jean de Cholique. Um, oh, that's right. And, and, and they opened up their little shop. It's just kind of like a dream shop. I think it's in... Um, uh, it's uh, South Oceanside and then Freeman. The Freeman Collective. Yeah, Freeman yeah. Collective. Yeah. Freeman Collective. So go check those out. What's your favorite flavor?
4: You can pick a few. 24 karat gold, I think it was called. Well, what's in there? Okay. That? Gosh, yeah. some kind of carrot cream and. <gasps> some kind of dream and unicorn tusk. Like,
1: Does it taste like a carrot cake?
4: Uh, yes, and. That's like awesome. carrot cake mm-hmm. and better. Oh, my God. Okay. Yeah. Um... It did, I don't well, know would die it was for like that. carrot cake and like gold necklaces or something like I don't know it had like a <laughs> I'm it had really maybe, into both of It had maybe it was like things. shredded. <laughs> I want I always look for the weirdest flavor and I shouldn't call it weird but I always look for the flavor that I've, I've never seen that before. I like yeah. savory ice cream. Yeah, flavors. they have they a always spruce me. tip in there right <gasps> now which was left over from the holidays I believe. Okay, it was yeah. like a Christmas tree. Yeah, for and sure. It was like the flavor of you know that pine or the Douglas fir. Yeah. Or Alaska,
1: they eat a lot of spruce tips in there in their yeah. summer cuisine.
2: And that takes a lot of. Um It takes a lot of skill to work with because otherwise, it can taste like eating a Christmas tree. You know, or just like licking the bowl out of the bottom. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) in the stand, you get that dirty water. Have you done Mm. that before? (laughs) Um, Yeah, I did as a kid. I dabbled. (laughs) (laughs) Dries out the tree. Dries (laughs) out the tree. (laughs) <laughs> um, for me, I gotta say Paradisia. I just, I, I finally made it out there. Um, I actually, I had been out there before, uh, but I finally made it out there again. Now that they've had the new chef, um, that is, hey God, it's in Bird Rock. It is one of the coolest restaurants you'll ever see. One of the best. It's an old piano store that they spent ungodly amounts of money on. We had them on the podcast before, um, and it's everything in there is I, like, the, like the, the, the knife has paradisia etched into the blade and it's the best knife that you've ever eaten. Every single course has different utensils that are mint. It's the most Wow. obsessively thought about restaurant in San Diego and they had a crudo that was made of dry aged. Um, I, I forget what the white fish was. Um, but they're they
1: doing ha- yellowtail right now. I, yeah,
2: was it? I think it was yellowtail. They had a, a dry aged yellowtail. So dry mm-hmm. age, it's just mm-hmm. like soup. Anything that you let simmer for a little bit or like age a little bit and you mm-hmm. remove the moisture and you get the more intense Flavor. And by intense flavor, you don't mean fishiness. You just mean like that good, the good part of it. That's what you get. Go down there and they have a chef's tasting where you get five courses, I think, five or six for $105. Now, that is unheard of for a really, really nice Michelin recommended restaurant. Michelin recommended. Unheard of in the United States. Yeah, $105 for that. Mm. And usually it's like $150, $160. At least. You know, I realize this is going beyond $50, you know, but but it was a beautiful, beautiful (laughs) experience. I don't get a chance to date my wife very often but we went out for a little date and we brought our neighbor but you know i mean there's three of us
0: but i don't date (laughs) well yeah (laughs) anyways okay a cocktail bar opened in the back of cafe calabria in north park Mm -hmm. um it had a soft opening last week and if you don't know about the pizza at cafe calabria It is um, uh, award-winning Neapolitan-style pizza. Um, Absolutely great. They just got written up in some publication saying it was, like, the best Neapolitan pizza in California. And so it's definitely seen a big influx of people going in I would believe that that
1: and endorse it. Yeah.
0: But um, they did something that most people can't do, and that was Make Me Like Eggplant. Um, I'm not a big eggplant fan But I got their vegetarian pizza Which had like zucchini and basil And all the veggies on it But then it had this roasted eggplant And like normally I'm like Nope I'll pick it off to the side But it was like It was still like firm And not like mushy So that's your problem Okay okay, no question Is it it the mushiness Or is it the fact that the skin Hangs around it like a cuticle it's the mushiness. It's okay. the mushiness. It's the same reason, yeah. like I kind of like I don't like raisins. It's you like you guys the mush, didn't like, grow up in raisins. an
1: Italian household, oh, and it shows. <laughs> you can you can manufacture eggplant into the most gorgeous, beautiful, thin little fried strips. It's oh, see your hands. I'm going right. I'm gonna do this yeah. for you one time. Yeah. My my eggplant charm comes from a long line of. All very right. surly New Hand York talkers. Italian women. Okay, it's nice. A, well, paper thin and crispy.
0: Exactly. And so, But like, like it's deep fried. That's a little different. This wasn't deep fried, but so it still had its integrity, still okay. had a lot of flavor, delicious. And then the cocktail bar is called Crafted Coop, which just opened back there. Yeah. Cute. Really, really, really cool little space. Um, yeah. Super fun. Great place for 50 bucks. All right. That's Great. awesome. Yeah. I love
1: Cafe Clara. I used to live next door and I went there almost every day. So I'm doing me a tratteria. I have... Issues with Italian food in San Diego. Oh, you don't not, say. Not like the best Italian food, because we have really good Italian food okay, here at like we the do. top we levels. Do. The mid level when you're just kinda like I mm. just want a whatever dinner, I just want it to be decent
2: Difficult. You can see her hands right now. Her <laughs> Am hand. I doing it? <laughs> like she, just do, she just grew like 40 other bones in her arms. You know? Long
1: Island Jackie's here now. And so Mia Trattoria, Bankers Hill, I think it's on first or second. Um, it's just a little spot owned by an Italian couple. It rules. Um, I always get their um, Milanese with a side of um, like pasta alio olio, which like, I can make at home, but sometimes I just want them to do it for me. But yep. their chicken parm honestly rules. It's thick. It's fried perfectly. Their sauce isn't crap or loaded with sugar. The pasta's cooked great. It's just, it reminds me of the kind of like, you know, red sauce joints I just used to go to when I wanted a quick meal in the city or on Long Island or that my mom cooks. So I All love right. that place. All
2: right. Mia Trattoria. Um, this is great. <laughs> Yeah. I, I know, right? It's, it's just fun. We, Glad should we do this right food. before dinner hour. Too. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so and on a, a Friday. Great suggestions, yeah. yeah. <laughs> thank you so much for your time. Yeah, thank um, you. It, it is damn good to see you. I've, I've you loved do. watching your career evolve and grow and turn into dancing and Broadway and theater and everything else. And every time that you think that you're not going to be able to do it again, you yeah. do something else. That's wild. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Well,
4: I'm trying to now take on hobbies that I'm not going to capitalize. Like... That's hard. I'm baking. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) You know, I'm learning how to make a good sourdough. But it's going to turn
1: into something, isn't it? Because us creative types, I swear, I I I can't do a hobby. Like I wrote about food, travel, cannabis ended up writing about all of them even though they were my hobbies so I mean, it seems yeah, like you part have part of my brain is like
4: <laughs> could I bake eight of these and give them away or sell them at a farmer's market <laughs> you know it's exactly, like exactly
2: there it is Jason Mraz's next album is going to be about bread everybody I love yeah, it you know, that's it 20 songs about bread and you're going to involve the kids it's going to be a children's album oh wait a minute I gotta I gotta ask you how was doing Sesame Street
4: Oh, Sesame Street was the highlight of my career. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Absolutely. There was there was two highlights. Uh, they, they, let's call them big peaks. Yeah. It was Sesame Street in 08, where yeah. I got to do one of my songs parodied by Elmo and Big Bird in the cast. And I have a two-year-old now. It was incredible. We watch.
2: It comes up on YouTube. It was time. incredible.
4: Even the puppeteers that day said to me in their puppet voices, they're like, this is incredible. Like, usually we do 45, 60-second spots. We're doing a two-and-a-half-minute piece of content. Right. Like this is nice. a big deal. Yes. We're strutting down the street here. We're on the street. Yeah. So it was an awesome day. I can't yeah, wait, to to outdoors. Outdoors. <laughs> yeah, wait to go outside. Outdoors. Outdoors. Um, can't to go outdoors. And then a couple of years later, I'm in Willie Nelson's studio. Yeah, I'm working oh, with him. Oh, God. And that, that was like he's like a he's like a Sesame Street character as well (laughs) that's true his
1: wife is so cool I met Uh, her backstage at Humphrey's once and we maybe smoked a little joint and she is so just a really special person like everyone that that rolls with them is a really special person yeah
4: so I think I'm a cross between both of those worlds like I like to go home burn a doobie down and write my songs yes But I also like to entertain and include the way we did on Sesame
0: Street. Yeah, you know the way Sesame always did. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Oh, do you want to let everyone know where they can find more information about the foundation, where they can get tickets, things along those lines? I, or, and what do you, what? Everything's on JasonMraz.com. That's okay. an easy
4: one. All right.
2: <laughs> and obviously, everybody buy the tickets for Kaleidoscope. Um, Kaleidoscope. It's, Kaleidoscope. Be, it's yeah.
4: Saturday, the seventeenth, Saturday night in Escondido at the Performing Arts Center. Yeah. Uh, or Sunday, the matinee at 3 o'clock. Okay, and are you going to do more of those? Yes, we're definitely going to do more of those. I mean, this is my ninth one of these, um, of this kaleidoscope. Got it, got it. We called it Shine. We did it four years ago at the Spreckles Theater, right before the pandemic. Okay. and then I did it a number of times back in Virginia. So I definitely want to keep it going okay. and, and enroll other artists to get on board. All right. So current. other
2: artists, if you're out there, yeah. 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 Reach out to Jason Mraz, Jason and I'm sure they can. Yeah. Or tag uh, us
4: on our <laughs> socials. Sort of, yeah. yeah <laughs> r- raise your hand. Okay. <laughs> okay. Anything else that we didn't
2: talk about that you want to say? Oh my gosh. No, I, th- okay. I don't know. I've taken up so much of your time, but <laughs> thank I, 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 you for I my
4: chaga charcoal. <laughs> you,
2: you know how to get me in the hot seat. You know what's funny? Ooh. Yeah, I, I tell you. I I, I texted Jade. I was I was like, hey man, thank you so much for coming down to our office. You know, we got our humble little creative, you know, um, ransack down here. I'm like, do you want me to get you coffee, tea, or like? And I was just joking around. I was like tur- turmeric, you know, charcoal. And he's all that would sound good. I'm like, oh shit, <laughs> oh, really? I gotta go get something that turmeric and charcoal. <laughs>
4: I didn't know. It sounded like something you might regularly have in this neighborhood. I was like,
2: hell, he knows what he's talking about. All right. That's, that's it, you guys. Jason, thank you very so much for your time, brother. Thanks, man. Um, I'm you. glad that you're still in San Diego. Um, we threatened to surf one time in our lives about five oh. or seven years ago. Yeah. One of these days, we will make it. We're actually going to go out there and surf. Have you ever? Have you surfed still or no? Absolutely. Oh, you do? Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. I stopped two years ago because, oh. yeah You didn't stop. You just haven't been in two years. That's it. It's a hiatus. It's a hiatus. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to make it back out there. I'm going to call you. Um, Thank you guys so much for listening. Kaleidoscope, check it out. Jason's new album, check it out. Um, Get him back on Dancing with the Stars because he wants to do it every single year. Um, (laughs) 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 All right, you guys. That's it. Happy half hour. We'll see you next
0: week. Take care.